towards the end zone for Hopkins. Oh, baby. Watch what it. a grab. Steps, throws, end zone. Smith. He's in. Touchdown. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Tackling the Texans. I'm Eli. And I'm Max. And we're really excited to be back with you guys this week. Unfortunately, we weren't that excited about last week's performance. I had the unfortunate uh, situation where I had to watch the game back after it was done. It was the first Texans game I've missed in a number of years. I was in Boston seeing family, and I was at the Patriots game, actually, which, uh, I mean, have to be honest, it was pretty nice to watch, but it definitely didn't help soften the blow of... uh, Definitely one of the biggest shocks of the season in terms of a performance. But uh, I think that it's a really good opportunity to present our new segment, um, which is very relevant after the Patriots game, which was very polarizing. And then after the uh, Broncos game, which was obviously going to be very polarizing. And in a kind of age where sports media always is exaggerating things, we kind of thought we'd cut the BS and just give it straight to you in the segment called under and over reactions, where me and Max are just going to be straight up about what's a huge underreaction, what's a big overreaction going into the next couple of weeks uh, based on last week, as well as looking forward to the Titans, a huge game coming up on Sunday. Uh, So I think we should get straight into it. And to kind of ease everyone's pain, maybe we'll start with a little bit of an underreaction, Max. So the first thing we could look at is obviously the game ended up the way it was because of our offensive performance, but not to make excuses, but it's somewhat justified just because of the way things ended up. We know the offense usually isn't the same without Will Fuller in the first place. And then obviously Hopkins got popped by Kareem Jackson too. It, it shook him up a little bit and then QT didn't have a great game and our run game was working, which means we were playing from behind running the ball a lot. And it's not ideal, but that's just the way it goes. And I think that played a large, a large role in what ended up happening. Absolutely. And I think looking at that, it's easy to say, um, you know, it's an off week after the Pats game, um, which is obviously terrible to look at, but at the same time, um, there were a number of game flow issues with the Texans that really just shifted momentum constantly, whether it was the QT fumble. I mean, again, that turned the game from potentially 14 to 10 to 21 to three. And the way that that makes you change up how your offense has to run uh, is definitely, definitely has to be factored in. And as well as the Hopkins, uh, you know, slight injury, but thankfully he got to play. Um, it, it really is though, not, so uh, worrying going into next week. And as much as we're not quite worried about the offensive performance, it leads us into quite an easy overreaction to make is Eli mentions uh, the Hopkins slight injury and he mentions the QT fumble and the player on the defensive end of both was Kareem Jackson. And it brings up the point of has our offense changed enough? Does it change enough week to week? Does it change enough year to year? is it going to be difficult for us to play against former players when it comes to the playoffs? Are they going to have our game plan? Are they going to know our tendencies? And it's, it's obviously something to worry about after we saw Kareem Jackson literally know our offense inside and out last week. 
Yeah, it's pretty, pretty worrying. And I think that it's something from the outside that you can maybe pick up on um, seeing the Texans run similar offense every week. I mean, just from an outside perspective, uh, obviously no one, you know, really has the playbook at their disposal, but you can obviously see a lot of the same tendencies week to week. I mean, even just using something as, a, you know, our percentage of running on first downs as a marker right up there at the top of the NFL with Dallas. And it really does just kind of call into question still the amount that Bill O'Brien was probably involved in the game planning week to week when we thought that it would be shifting consistently more to Tim Kelly. And if you do want to overreact to that in the sense of looking forward and looking at possible issues when it comes to that, and neither of these players had the same tenure with the Texans as Kareem Jackson did, but Kevin Johnson was with us for many, many years. He's on the Bills right now. He's a defensive back. He will be working with that defense if we were to meet them in the playoffs. Uh, Tyron Matthew only spent a year with us, but obviously he knows our offense. He knows a lot of the personnel on offense, and, and he'll obviously have the opportunity to sit down in the film room and go over some stuff, go over some tendencies. Those are two teams we could very, very possibly meet in the wildcard game. And a huge overreaction after the Pats game, which obviously would be, you know, Romeo Cremel's best, I mean, coach game that I'm sure any Texans fan has seen almost in, in his era in Houston, um, to have that followed up by the game that we saw. Um, I would actually urge people to underreact that only because it, it is Romeo Cremel's second loss ever to a rookie quarterback. The first being against Jacoby Brissett uh, with the Patriots, if that even counts. The Pats are amazing uh, consistently. So looking forward, I wouldn't be too worried as Romeo seems to be figuring out this defense more and more. But what I would caution is some of the choices that he made during the game. I hope that he sees the mistakes, such as playing Vernon Hargreaves so much on the outside. When we know during his career, he's been terrible there. He was terrible during the game, and he's so good in the slot. It just doesn't make sense when we have a healthy secondary. Yeah, and our secondary looks to be a little more healthy this week. It's not that players were inactive against the Broncos, but there were some players banged up. There were some players limited during practice, but we're getting healthier, and hopefully what that means is bodies rotating in and out and a healthy uh, secondary with a lot of rest and hopefully Hargraves on the inside. Looking, looking with more of a focus to the future, I think that the big game Sunday obviously can't be understated. Um, really, the season does hang in the balance and, you know, overreacting after a week like that and seeing, uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill coming in at six and one um, coming into playoffs is, is frightening, definitely. And a huge overreaction would be, you know, we have to play them two weeks later as well. And at this point, I could understand the overreaction of, it looks like we're going to lose two games to a high-powered offense, which have been tearing us up this year. And we're going to not make the playoffs or potentially snag a wildcard spot, which obviously isn't ideal. And the worrying thing is, you, you look at the way we match up with the Titans, and... There's one way to look at it as our run D is good and Henry's been very good with Tannehill, but the issue comes with Tannehill's tendencies and the way he matches up with our defense is we are not good in the middle of the field. We are not good at intermediate distances with, with preventing that pass. And Tannehill has been one of the least accurate quarterbacks passing downfield past 20 yards. But you look inside 20 yards and he is the most accurate, the most efficient efficient quarterback in the entire NFL. If you look at 
there was a chart that was released that looked at average yards per attempt and completion percentage. And Tannehill is in a class of his own right now. And that matchup with the Texans, Texans defense and their tendencies kind of clash. And it, it, it looks like we could just be torched the entire week and possibly two weeks later. The one thing that we've seen from Romeo Cromel that we're going to have to see change next week is the lack of press coverage with the secondary. Because when you look at a team like the Titans, not only does Ryan Tannehill have the highest yards per attempt on his, uh, on his throws being at almost 10 and a half, but with so few throws coming downfield and over 20 yards, you can imagine the amount of intermediate throws they're throwing in that 10 to 15 yard range. The Texans secondary has gone burned this year on a lot of very, very soft coverages where we give up very easy yards on the outside. And when you look at the possible personnel and we talk about the fact that we, we have enough bodies in the secondary to truly rotate them in and out, Jonathan Joseph obviously is aging, but from a pure matchup perspective, he has never in his career played press coverage. He is very well known for playing off man, sitting 10 yards back, and that just, it will not slide against the Titans. So look for Lonnie Johnson to play more snaps next week. Look for Hargraves in the slot. Look for Roby on the other side. But I think Jonathan Joseph is a very, very poor matchup against this Titans team. And I think maybe to underreact a little bit and, and kind of tone things down in terms of the power of this Titans team right now, First, I don't have to remind any Houston fans the, about the inconsistency of this Titans team. It's very often over the last few years that we see a different team week to week, and that's been never uh, that's never been more true than this year, especially. So I would caution everybody look to look at the fact that they only have uh, one win versus a team that's 500 or better currently, and that is KC. But if you do look at the rest of the games, you can see a Tennessee team that, yes, was dominating, but wasn't playing very high-powered defenses or great teams in general. Yeah, and they they by no means have beat up on very bad teams. Like, they had a win against Oakland, who's now sitting at 6-7, and seven, a win against the Colts, who sit at 6-7, and seven, and a win against the Chargers, who have lost the most games, I think, in history at this point by less than one score. So they've played some all right teams. The reality is, is five of those six wins come against teams that haven't looked like the Texans, don't really have the personnel of the Texans, and don't have the ability to really have that shootout with the Titans like we have. Absolutely. And it's important to note that the Texans also have not dropped two games in a row this season, um, which is something that is good to note in terms of the fact that uh, we're obviously coming off a pretty bad loss, and we've we've bounced back to you know in previous losses, but not really in confident ways. But a, again, they have all been wins, so that's something to uh, note as well. And look, if you want to talk about confidence, and you want to look at one massive overreaction, is coming off of the big wins we've had this year, which I don't think anybody would really argue. One of them was the Chiefs, absolutely. The other one was a massive blowout in a swing game against the Jags in London. Right when JJ got injured. Yep, it was a, a huge statement when the Jags never had a chance in that game. And the other one is is New England. And the reality is, is every single week, we've seen a letdown in the next game. After the Chiefs, we lost to the Colts after playing just a terrible, terrible game. After London, we got blown out by Baltimore. And after the Pats, we lost to a 4-8 and eight Denver team. So. 
it's reasonable to overreact to that and look at the fact that if we can't string together good wins, how are we going to make a run at a Super Bowl and win four straight games? Absolutely. It's something that's been scaring me all season. And of course, it's something that scared me about the entire Bill O'Brien era. I mean, that's really one of the things that always worries me about having someone like we've talked about, Bill O'Brien, great player coach. He's shown himself to be a great GM this season, but he's just never really been able to show that consistency against well-coached teams, especially, uh, and if they have good personnel, even more so. Uh, we've never shown that ability to consistently get those wins. And to this point, we still don't really have a statement win in the playoffs. So even one of those wins against an opponent uh, where we're an underdog, I think is, is hard to imagine. So I agree with you. Seeing us stringing together enough for, uh, for a championship run is getting harder and harder. Yeah, and the reality is, is we need to win at least one of those games against Tennessee. If we lose both, we're out. The good thing is in between week 15 and 17, they have the Saints and we have Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay may be a bit of a trap game, but the reality is, is we need to win at least one. And if we can't string together two good wins back to back, it, it might be difficult to beat a good Titans team, a hot Titans team, two weeks apart. And in between that is a Tampa Bay team, you know, thank God that Mike Evans isn't going to be participating in that game, unfortunately. I mean, it, it, it's terrible to say that, but if Mike Evans and Godwin were there, I don't know how our secondary would have handled Jameis, uh, you know, trying to throw deep balls all game, which is his, his favorite thing. But it, it's still a very scary game in terms of their passing attack and, and Jameis. I don't really think we've seen the ability of the Texans defense to make teams pay for mistakes in the air. We've done so in other places on the defense this year, but I haven't seen us exploit that yet. And something else that I'd like to bring up, kind of aside from the segment itself, is something that I think the Texans season hinges on. Um, in these last three games, look, I, I understand that the offense and the game planning with Tim Kelly and Bill O'Brien has allowed Deshaun a lot more freedom this year, seen him throw the ball a lot more. And it's obviously an easy thing to say to just say, you know, put the ball in your guy's hands. But at the same time, I think that Deshaun has matured this year. I think that the offensive line should start to play better in the next couple of games in terms of pass protection with the continuity that we've seen knock on wood. So I think that that honestly is the answer. I think with three games left, a team where you really don't know what you're going to get out of every week at this point, I think that the best approach is making sure that Deshaun Watson is involved and in charge of every single game from the beginning. Uh, because this is his time to make a statement. And if the one thing that anyone will tell you when they, you know, when they know Deshaun Watson, if you read any of the quotes, is that he's an absolute winner and always has been. So two divisional games in three weeks, this is what that guy lives for. And putting the ball in his hands, giving, giving, putting the ball in the air, giving Hopkins his chance to get us back to the playoffs. There's no other way in my mind. And he is an absolute winner. And that's where we really get down to it is if we face a ten Tennessee team at home in week 17 and it is ride or die for the Texans, it's winner go home. We are going to see a massively explosive Deshaun Watson. And this Titans team is good. It's always been Mariota as the, the really make or break factor for them. And their defense has been pretty good. But Watson in the past two years has put up one game of 30 plus and one game of 50 plus. So 
we know we can work the ball against their defense and it's all about what offense we're going to see and whether it's it's Watson's offense or whether it's Bill O'Brien's offense. Absolutely. And I think that we should see that urgency this week. They should be playing like they need to make a statement. You know, we think that we're the best uh, team in the division. I still believe that overall. And I want to see it come to fruition. But I think that uh, that's pretty much all we wanted to go over this week. Um, You know, we hope that everybody has some time to console themselves, console their family members who are Texans fans, rest a little bit and get ready for a big game. I think that it would be good to all have short memories about last week. Try and remember the Pats game, Romeo Cromel's amazing defense, and on to Tennessee it is. We'll see you guys next week.